What's up, what's up, Set Apart fam? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Wanow. Welcome to Season Dose. Season 2. Season, I don't know another language, but you know what? Here we are. We're winning. We're winning. We're winning. We're winning because Jesus is Lord and ain't nothing going to change that. Am I right? Okay, I'm doing a giveaway this week. I have Josh and Nacy Littlejohn joining me for this week's episode, and it is amazing. It's a safe place that they are creating as a ministry called Safe Time. And you can go to their Instagram or Facebook page, safetime.live. I can't wait for you to hear about it. Here's the giveaway. Nacy and her friend Courtney have illustrated, no, they have written two books together, and I've had the joy of illustrating them. One isn't out yet. The first one is, it's called Wonderworks, and it is 30 activities on activating the voice of God in your child's life. And honestly, if you're an adult, I encourage you to do it too. It is a $25 value book, and I will ship it to the person who wins the giveaway. Here's how you participate. Go leave a written review. If you already have, then that counts. And then go follow safetime.live on Instagram and repost this week's podcast with Nacy and Josh picture and tag Jamie Lynn Walnow and safetime.live. And that's how I will know that you entered to win the giveaway for the Wonderworks book. It is phenomenal. It's amazing. And I would love to send you a copy. So let me know and I will let you know if you are the beautiful, talented, and blessed winner of this week's giveaway. Enough about that. Let's dive in with Josh and Nacy as we talk about how God has been so faithful to walk them back to his heart and lead them to a place where you and I can have safe time, where somebody can listen to us without judging us. And I trust them, which is why I brought them on here, because I'm okay leading you to them, because I know they'll lead you to Jesus. And that's all this life is about. So have a great week. Enjoy this episode. And I will talk to you next week. Okay, so y'all heard that amazing interview, and I am here with the one and only incredible, beautiful Hollywood-looking couple, Nacy and Josh Littlejohn. What's up? Hey, hey, how are you? Good. How are y'all doing? Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys are here, and I can't wait for everybody tuning in to hear your story. I've sat with Nacy before and heard her story, which naturally involves you, Josh, and it shook me to know where you are today because it shows how amazing and how powerful and faithful God is to bring people out of any situation to where they are now. Because even when you share your story here in a second, I love it because like when you tell it, it sounds like you're telling me a movie script and it had nothing to do with your real life because of where you are today is nowhere near <laughs> Your past, but your past has brought you to here. And so um, we have this short amount of time for people. And so I just want to dive in with you guys. And so, Nacy, let's dive in. Like, you guys have this incredible ministry slash business you're stepping into. And I, I want people to know your history and why you want to help others overcome their history or their current situation now. So will you dive in and just let us know where you've come from, girlfriend? Yes, of course. So I grew up going to church. I knew all the Bible stories, but I did not know Jesus spoke to me. I did not know the voice of God. 
And so going into my teenage years, all I knew, my reality was the lies I was hearing in my head. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I didn't measure up. I didn't look like everybody else. I wasn't popular and I wasn't athletic. Yes, I was a cheerleader, but you know, I, I wanted to play sports and I never made any of the teams. So this is like me going into junior high. Friends really do matter. I started like getting attention, trying to figure out who I was. And so I would hang out with these people over here or these people over there. And eventually um, I wanted to start going to parties. Well, my parents were amazing parents and they wanted to protect me. And so I didn't realize it at the time. I just thought they were not wanting me to have fun. So I snuck out. I snuck out one night perfect storm happened. I ended up getting um, handed a drink that was laced in something. I was drugged and I was sexually assaulted. I was a virgin going into this. And so I, that was my, my first experience with um, anything like that. And so I did exactly what the world tells you is acceptable to do. I started numbing myself with drugs. I started, I um, started out using drugs, got addicted to drugs uh, graduated high school, still doing drugs and ended up having an abortion. And then, uh, meeting the Lord through a vision while I was having drugs unloaded at my house in my garage. I have a vision, don't know, have language for this. So I, um, all I know is I see these two paths right in front of me, like plain as day. I see life and I see death and everything in the life path was what God intended for me to do with my life. And in the death was where I was at then and where I was headed. And so it was in that moment. Let's rewind right here for a second before you hop into this. I want you to go into a little bit more detail because I know the story. It sounds so casual to be like, there were drugs being unloaded at my house, but this was actually like, like a house that you owned for this. Am I correct? Um, it was my house, um, that I owned and I would let a car pull into my garage that was coming from California with meth in it. And I was, I had this unloaded for free drugs because yes. that's where my habit was at. Yes. Time. Like this was your normal. So, so like, I just want to, I like, I want people to know who are tuning in. Like this wasn't like a casual, just doing drugs. I mean, this was like a life of addiction and promiscuity or and it's so weird saying this because I know who you are today but like this was like you were trenched in this like a movie this was like a drug deal going on at the house and you see this moment where you have this open vision okay continue okay so I it was in that moment I had life death in front of me and instantly I no longer wanted any of the drugs I I had them leave my house and I never touched drugs again wow um So through this process, so I'll let Josh share where he, um, where his story intertwined with mine. How many years did you do that? Um, I did that. I was doing drugs for six years. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I grew up also in a a great family. We traveled all over. We were missionaries and kind of the same as Nacy. I, I, I just knew all the stories and we were in church all the time and I knew everything about life with God was about like knowledge and it was about believing the right things and being in church 24 seven. And that was it. And so I never was like sort of trained in any, I never got somehow that there was a, any sort of 
like relationship with God. Like it, that never even crossed my mind. I was just like, this is something, you know, this is something you better believe right. And everything was about making sure you're believing things right and not believing things wrong. And there was like two camps of people. And, and so that was kind of the extent of it, but I was raised, in, but I definitely was like, my dad was a preacher and we traveled all over and then junior high age came to a point where I had, I felt tons of expectations and I felt tons of like, mm, like, <clears throat> when are you going to get baptized type thing? Like, we yeah. know that you haven't been, when are you? The whole church knows you haven't been, you're the preacher's kid. And I, I don't, not saying like that was intentional pressure, but I felt that pressure. Yeah. I, don't know if it, yeah. I don't know if it was real, but real to me. And so, uh, I, about 15 year uh age 15 or so I just rebel I I didn't I, I just was didn't want anything to do with church or God and I got into using drugs and alcohol and I I just re I even remember thinking like I want to experience like sin and I want to experience quote-unquote fun and pleasure and all the things that I would see people come up and like get prayer for and get saved for at church. I, for some sick reason, I thought I was missing out on life and like, you know, I don't know if that makes yeah, sense, but it does. Um, I think probably a lot of people can relate that are tuning into, to both of you in some aspect, like, you know, Nacy numbing out to these things and turning to it. And then for you, it's like this pressure to be something, but like people are wanting to do that. You don't have a relationship with the Lord, but like, genuinely if everybody around you is baptized and you're not it's like uh well you maybe you want to escape that by finding out why other people aren't i don't know yeah i wanted like a reason to get saved like in, in my weird brain <laughs> like 15. i wanted that testimony <laughs> and i i wanted i and in and it was a very big conflict internally because i felt like i had two lives going on yeah and there was like this that I was like checking all the boxes with the family and expectations of what I thought I needed to do. But uh, otherwise it was completely not that it was in the music and it was in the parties and there was a lot of drugs and sex and alcohol and just every pleasure you can think of just totally selfish, totally uh, just a complete, uh, just kind of a rotten selfish human being for a long time from about the age of 15 went to college. I was always really good at school though. So I, it was easy to, mm, I feel like there wasn't a lot of intervention in my life from others because like I could always make the grade. And so like that was, so anyway, I went to college and it just kind of ramped up even more. I had no direction. I had no guidance. I had no uh, older figures in my life whatsoever. And I was just one high to the next one party to the next and did four years of school. Didn't know what I wanted to do decided to quit and move back. And that's when I met Nacy. We met at, uh, we met at a party. She was still in, in the very much, uh, party lifestyle, drug lifestyle. And, uh, so was I. And, and like that, you know, we really clicked in a lot of ways <laughs> surround, you know, in, and in those things. Mm -hmm. So that's how we met. And this was, uh, when I was about 23 and she was 22 and 18 or so. Yeah. yeah. You were 23. Um, so we met and we were in darkness. And just when you think it couldn't get worse, it did. Mm -hmm. We um, eventually started playing house, living together. And I wound up pregnant. And I didn't know the voice of God. So in my head, all I heard was lies that 
I couldn't have this baby. I can't tell my parents, which was a complete lie. Um, all these things. And so I find myself in fear, this girl who knows better, who had always said I would never have an abortion. And I find myself having these thoughts in my head. Yeah. And, and Josh. Yeah. And so just like, let me set the stage at this point in time, we are using um, methamphetamines multiple times a day. We're we're smoking meth multiple times a day. I had actually started using uh, meth IV IV drug user, and so I was I was shooting up meth multiple times a day. And then we're living together, and wow. uh, all of a sudden she's pregnant, and <clears throat> kind of the same things. I'm like, we are in no position. This is what my my mentality at the time. So just not clear headed thinking, right? Yeah. Under the influence of drugs all day long, but. I had kind of convinced myself, I had justified to myself, like it would actually be selfish for us to have a baby. Who are we to take care of a baby? This baby's going to be addicted to drugs. There was, God was not in the picture. There was no faith. It was not on the radar. There was like, yeah. it was, there was no hope in my mind, no light. And so I was very pressuring and manipulative and coercive to her like we fought about it a lot and then like we finally decided and she kind of I, I felt like at least I feel this way like you finally gave in and then yeah. we went we went to a clinic and um and it was like it was right after that happened uh, do you want to talk about that experience or like right after that um which one just how things got way worse oh yeah so it was so that was where we were at we went to the clinic and I remember saying to myself that day, I will never let anyone have a say in my life again, because instantly after you do it, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? And then all the thoughts are like, oh, you can never tell anybody about that. Like all the, I recognize them as lies now because I know it was the voice of the accuser. But, um, so in the moment, like at that point, I was just like done. And so that's when I, my addiction got worse. That's when I started getting more involved with I needed a way to supply my habit. And so that's why I was, was getting things unloaded at my house. And so that's how it even got worse. What we thought couldn't get worse. Yeah. That was like rock bottom. And, and I just was, I couldn't believe what I had just done. Yeah. And, and so from there, um, we just kind of spiraled downward. He was no longer functioning. We were no longer living together. I didn't want him at my house, like, but I still cared about him. And so like, it came to a point where I knew he needed help. I was fine. I was functioning addict was what I thought. Mm -hmm. but I went to his mom and, and told her I was concerned for Josh because I truly was concerned for his life at the time. And so that's where we were at when I had that vision from the Lord that same day, uh, Josh Josh's mom and stepdad decided to do an intervention with him. And yeah. so I'll let you share that. Yeah, they, that was living on a friend's, my best friend's couch. And even he didn't want me around anymore. And I didn't have a dollar to my name. And I weighed 150 pounds. And I was just like a wow. ghost. And I was sickly. And I was, I, there was a knock on the door. And it was my mother and my stepfather. And they said, we want to want you to come home with us. And we want you to go to rehab. And um, I, I think we fought for about 30 seconds. And I said, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm ready. But, and, and I, I attribute that to God's like, a, God 
God ordained this like moment of clarity in my life at that point to where uh, I could no longer even lie to myself anymore. And so it's like addicts, is my opinion, you know, they think they're fooling everyone, but really the only person they have to fool is themselves just to keep going. And so, um, but in that moment of clarity, I had this look in the mirror and I was just like, I've got nothing and my way of living life is not working out and I am just done and I'm tired and I'm sick and I'm just ready for any kind of change. And so it was really, it was very much a lifeline, like, but it's crazy the day before, I don't think I would have agreed to it. And the day, you know, that night I may not have. Does that make sense? And so like it was, I was ready and I still attribute all that to the Lord as a moment of grace, like a window of grace and opportunity that he like parted the clouds and like, Oh, clarity. And then, um, and so I was ready. And I, I tell people this all the time that ask me like, where should I send my nephew to rehab or whatever? Where's the good place? And I I'll usually always say, I say when they're ready, any place will probably work, but when they're not, maybe no place will probably work. It's just, it's, it does matter, you know? So, wow. and in that moment I was ready. And, uh, that first day of stepping into drug treatment here in Texas, uh, there was a, a wave of hope and peace and, uh, safety that came over me like that, that I never had before. And that's where I feel like I was really delivered that even that first day, even though I stayed in there a year, I was in treatment for a year because I needed, Nacy got like supernaturally delivered in the moment. I, I felt like I needed a ton of like tools and practical things to like change some wrong habits of thinking and that. Uh, and so I received all those things in uh, drug treatment and in, in rehabilitation. So I was there for a year at age 26 and uh, she was, she stopped using the same day that I left. And then uh, we got married as soon as I got back. We got and, married year later yeah about a year later Mm -hmm. you know it's cool something you just said Josh is well all of it is amazing because it's like it shows how we can be even so hard on ourselves when somebody gets an instant healing and some people it requires more of a process there's not a handbook there's not a, a blueprint for how it works I mean we just have to trust him because he knows exactly what we need and how what it takes for us to be completely one with him and for yep. Nacy, it took a moment. And for you, it took an open door through yep. your mom and your stepdad to be able mm-hmm. to go into a place to start your healing. And But he opened your heart through, I mean, there's no telling what along the way opened your heart to be able to receive that moment and you as well. But I love that sometimes it's instant and sometimes it really is a journey. And I would say most of the time it's a journey in the sense of something being delivered from something like this. Um, and in healing, it can be a moment. And sometimes it's a journey. Like we just never know. But um, I, I love that you guys both can bring that into when you're pastoring people or when you're, when you're speaking into people's lives, you both have, you can both see each other's perspective and the one in front of you, you know, because some people can force an instant thing that really <laughs> made to be a process. It's true. It's made me have a ton of grace for process. Yeah. Like, um, you know, when if things happen overnight, I'm like, that's great. And she can relate to a lot of that. And But when things take time, I'm full of grace and patience because in a lot of ways, I'm still on that. Yeah. I'm still, still in it, you know, and uh, in a lot of different ways, you know, not drug addiction and not maybe like temptations like we'd normally think of, but just the process mm-hmm. of knowing the Lord is. Yeah, you know. it is. It's like until eternity, it's, I think, remaining humble in that place too and recognizing that our walk with God 
I think what sets us apart is knowing that every day we have something to learn more and more from him. Okay, so you guys get married, and you guys have gone through a lot. You you planted a church in Dodge City, Kansas, right? Yeah. Is that where it's okay? And then I had met you guys from the Millers because you're related to them and loved you guys, met you, had a conversation with Nacy, and then you guys moved to Dallas and you ended up becoming the children's director. And you were like the senior, what were you, the senior? Uh, it, it was called Connections Pastor. They wanted me to kind of like reorganize all the small groups, the home groups, and like, uh, awesome. the, uh, you know, home groups, pastor kind of. Yeah, I so I got to meet you guys and see you right before, I think I was like right before I got married-ish, and you guys came to Upper Room. So what was the journey like? So you guys have experienced this healing in, in the Lord. So what caused you to plant that church, move to Dallas? Like, I know that's kind of a quick summary, but how did you get to where you are today that arrived to the safe time? That's a great question. Yeah, you want me to... So we got married and coming out of that lifestyle and we were super heavily involved in, in the church where we lived in New Mexico and it was a great church and it was like full of different programs like we were involved at Celebrate Recovery, which is like a Christian AA and then we were, we were just always doing stuff at this very active and vibrant church and it was great and um, we had our first child and then then at, shortly after that, we moved to Kansas, where it was a business uh, decision, and we moved to Kansas, and out in the middle of nowhere, kind of, and there's a bunch of great people, that, but the same kind of church size and active didn't exist, and so over time, from us just kind of looking for different churches to go to, over time, it was like nothing, you know, it wasn't the same, and over time, we kind of turned into like back row church goers and I know speaking for me I'm like I didn't even want to go anymore and like I wanted to get there late and leave early and not meet anyone and you know and but we were going for some like I think for our kids or just for the routine and just like that's what kept us going a lot and and over time though also our our marriage um I felt like we 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 drifted as far as like like intimacy and uh not really and maybe something we never really had but i think what was going on was like all the things that we had just come out of even though we were delivered from them individually per personally it was things that we still had never like processed with each other the wreckage and the carnage of all yeah. the things that we had done well Part of it was we had, the abortion was never talked about again mm -hmm. from the day we did it. And so this was inside. I'm looking at, like, it's starting to eat at me. I'm seeing him thinking he's heartless. Mm -hmm. um, we, where we lived, there was signs everywhere that were um, <laughs> anti-abortion signs, but it was. You know, you the know, billboards. You know, those billboards. Like, you know, which yes. are great. They're great, but we would pass by them and I would like get emotional and then it would, like, he would. And I would get, get angry. He would get mad. And so it was just like. They're wow. after, so this would happen quite a bit and just over time it just really started to affect our marriage yeah. because we couldn't find a way to talk about this without arguing without um because i'm I, I like to escape like part of one of the things like i was good i just don't i wanted to always go to the next party and not feel any pain so god forgave me of that and in my mind i'm like i don't want to talk about that again like we don't really need you know that's yeah forgiven past and so but my way of being 
of handling that was getting mad when she would get emotional, you know, like, cause I didn't want to deal with the thing. Like, yeah. because I had a lot of shame and regret and I don't want to talk about this. I'm forgiven. And I'm, you know, like what for? And then it yeah. would make me mad that she's bubbling up. Plus she had made a vows, vows that she would never let, let anyone have a say in her life again. So that was affecting our marriage and unity as well. A wow. Little <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Power of and, life and death in the tongue. That's like, that's real. It was yeah. very real. And I don't think we, I know at least I didn't, I didn't know she made that vow, but there, then all of a sudden as you live life, there's things that creep up going like, wow, I don't think I have a lot of respect in her eyes and, or, you know, like honor and I'm not treating her that way either. And so we have this like storybook deliverance thing, but then there's still, and we're forgiven and all that. And we know Jesus, but guess what? The, the reality is that in the practical ins and outs of day-to-day marriage and the relationship, things were manifesting because uh, I don't think those things were actually truly dealt with in a sense. That makes Which sense? unfortunately is the number one thing I see in people who come to me for prayer in their marriages is that they're not willing to talk about the things that are hurting them the most because they're afraid or they're angry. Like literally there's no open door for communication, maybe for one or maybe for both of them. And so it's just like hoping that God will just come in and fix it. (laughs) It's so true. And you know, I can see why people think that like it's a confusing message if you listen to different things and like that. It gets portrayed a little bit and so um and so here we are in this place and we uh man i didn't want to do anything we actually came the way we got so to answer your question we came down to dallas for to visit michael and Marisa, and um uh i remember that was the first time we had met like community like uh their friends and i think we may have met you and like uh we drove back we we're driving back to kansas and i was like i never met like people who actually talked about God like he was real like all the time like I I know personally I was blown away like these people like pray like a a lot and like (laughs) what do you mean these people just kidding (laughs) (laughs) you people (laughs) and it just made me start questioning a lot of things and so much so where we were driving back and I was like I don't know what we're doing but we're not going to go to, I don't want to go back to church until we figure this out because what are we even doing? We're not honoring wow. God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't there. My heart, my body's there, but my heart's a million miles away. So what am I doing? That's ridiculous. Wow. And um, it's funny, like Michael Miller uh, emailed or mailed me a USB drive of like 60 hours of Dan Moeller teaching. And uh, that's lethal. And he said, <laughs> yeah, and he said, I think you'll like this guy. So I plugged it in the truck and just always had it playing. And God really, I had never heard uh, maybe the gospel and that God loved me and like we had value and that, you know, he wasn't just disappointed on it in us. And it, it was always very confusing to me, too, because I think I grew up in a place that said, uh god really didn't like us but he died for you i'm like that doesn't make sense you know so like um it was just god used that to really open our eyes and just and somehow then you it was it was during that same time somehow this light bulb went off in my head and i realized that it was 
my job to mm-hmm. teach my kids about Jesus. It wasn't the churches. Yeah. And so as a parent, I start, I'm like, okay, like, what do I want to teach my kids? And after actually meeting you, you yeah. told me about a book by Jennifer Toledo. Yeah. So I got it. I thought I was getting it for my kids, but it was actually me and my kids together that learned the voice of God. And as soon as like my ears were tuned in, I could go like the Lord showed me like each time I'm like, Oh, that was him speaking to me. And that was him speaking to me. And all these times throughout my life. Wow. Realized what, what his voice was and how it looked like in my life. And, and so through this process, um, Mm -hmm. we end up meeting other people and starting a church together and kind of modeling it after up yeah, we, we, we had we met a group of friends and that all were on fire at the same time randomly and it was God appointed, God anointed meetings. Yeah. And then over it wasn't overnight, but over, over time we decided, hey, why don't we just start a Saturday night a worship gathering and testimonies worship and uh somebody share a message and that's what yeah. it turned into and that's still going today and but three years into that and so I did worship almost every night and preached a lot of the time. And AC and her friend Courtney, uh, like uh, Courtney Conant, read like I did created a kids program out of thin air. And so three years into that, we start stirring. God starts just kind of stirring up our lives, like, "Hey, what do y'all like?" In our questioning in our own heart, what do I have for you to do with the rest of your life? Yeah. And we just felt like we were not supposed to stay in Kansas and and do what we had planned on doing, but to do something different and uh the next step he had for us was just kind of move down here to dallas and uh with no plan i remember that and uh it always seems really crazy looking back when you were in a time of huge faith like oh my gosh we were crazy (laughs) but when you're like in major faith like you it makes so much sense you know what i mean looking back you're like what were we thinking but it's all and uh so that's what brought us here yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember that time. First of all, I love the Kansas City family, Dodge City family. Um, I'm like, I feel like they're family because some of them have like my artwork and I feel like I've mailed a lot of stuff to them. <laughs> and then also, and they're amazing. They're just like, you guys came in and we got to pray for you at Upper Room and I loved it. And then I remember you guys were visiting right before you were moving, moving. And we last minute pulled Nacy in for a children's director role at Upper Room, our children's pastor role, because I was leaving to go to Phoenix and we needed a children's pastor ASAP. And we had done interviews and we just, we didn't really know. We didn't know we had found the person yet. And Nacy comes in and Larissa and I interview her and it was just like, well, this is the one. And that, but that, the thing is, but what's so crazy is that the Lord shows you, hey, you're headed in the right direction. And you're going to be in this position and it's going to open a door for Josh and it's going to situate you in relationship to do safe time. Yes. <laughs> and you guys lived, it's amazing to hear like, so we rewind and it's like a life completely apart from God. Um, yeah. And then God captures your attention, shows you where he's been all along the way from the past. But then not just that, now you're all of a sudden like totally set apart with God and you're living this life in faith and you're following the unction of his voice, which is like, that's all we ever need to do is be led by the spirit in all things. And it leads you to safe time. So will you share with us what safe time is and 
how people, well, you could share how people can connect with you too, but like, what is safe time? Yeah. And why good, safe good time? Question. It was safe. To, the idea of safe time was really born out of a lot of the, the experiences that we had finding a lot of freedom, uh, healing, reconnection from uh, getting those things out. Just like you said earlier about these couples that come to you that there's no open line of communication. We have found that that has been the key for a lot of the healing and the freedom in our life is actually opening up with someone who understands, will love you through it, won't judge you. And uh, because of that, our experience, God gave, gave me the idea one day as I was driving down the road, what if we could do, what if we could create a space online using video calls that we would be present with anyone that wants to talk and share and let anything else that's troubling them for free uh, any time that, and we would listen, ask questions, relate our story, tell them that we understand, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to do what he does, which is he fills, he fills those cleaned out spaces with love and freedom and uh, all those things. And so it's really, a, it's a simple thing, but because we, know how powerful it's been in our lives it's a very important thing and so it, it creates yeah. an opportunity for somebody to I call it like tell it's good to take things straight to God and like process things with the Lord and like cry out to him and let him know everything's going on it's also good I believe we're big believers in the power of confessing to the Jesus in the flesh living in other believers and the freedom that comes with someone That's in the good reminding you of the gospel reminding you that you're forgiven telling you know proclaiming like the good news over your life encouraging you prophesying for you praying for you yeah and that's really what it is and it's so it's a non-profit ministry for free um for anyone that wants to talk and it's uh you people can go to safetime.live and you book a video call and it's currently we just started it well we've been doing it for six months but um we just now have an official website and stuff. And uh, so you book a 45 minute session and we log on together and we tell you a little about who we are and we get to hear, tell us what it's like to be you, what's going on in your heart. And we want to hear what's troubling you because you're going to be able to unload and unburden wow. and, and encouragement. So. And we always do them together. Like it'll be Josh and I together. Our heart is yeah. to, um, we both protect, portray the image of God, the mother and father heart of God, sister, um, husband, wife. wife. And Mm. so we do it together. Yeah. I love that. Sometimes healing comes from the person that you were hurt by. Like say male you were hurt by. And then I think it's so powerful to have a male sitting here representing the heart of God. Wow. And, you know, speaking, showing them what love is. That's so beautiful. Do you have, I mean, legally, whatever you're allowed to share, do you have testimonies or feedback? What are some things you've heard people say that have gone through a 45 minute session afterwards? Like, have you had feedback? Yeah. And there's actually a, a three or four testimonies on our website that people have been willing to share, but just, um, just the, I think a common theme would be um, like, they feel safe to be seen, um, safe, like they feel very heard. There's been like, there's been people that have very much appreciated that. Like, we're really not here to give a bunch of advice, you know, like 
fix your problems, but it's like a place to just like unload, get prayer. Um, what would you say? Yeah, I would say um, we've had all across the board, we've heard feedback from people like, oh, I haven't been through an abortion or I haven't been through that. Yeah. And so they're hesitant to book time. But really, we're just here to listen to anyone. We've, we've yes. seen a lot of, there's a lot of loneliness. Yeah. yeah. And so it's really, we've just been there to hear people, what they're going through presently, something that maybe they've carried, um, or some anxiety that they have about the future, but we're here to just be present with them in the moment. We may ask questions, we listen, and we always in the calls praying for them. I love that. I, I know one thing that you told me earlier is that your heart would be that um, people would feel listened to and they would feel safe. And it's very rare, but there's some quote, I don't remember if it was Benjamin Franklin or who said it, but a wise man thinks twice before not speaking. And it's <laughs> like, they get to tune into you guys and yeah. share. And it's like, they get to literally commune with wisdom for 45 minutes because you're creating a place for was, and there's so many benefits in that place of wisdom coming in and just revealing things and leading us on the path and like reminding us of who we are just by being heard. Like, Full disclosure, in college or grad school, I don't, remember, I don't remember, maybe it was both, I started, I decided to go start seeing a counselor at ACU, and she was like, you don't have to tell people, I'll ignore you on campus so people don't know that you're, I was like, I don't care if people don't come to you. Um, she was like, Jamie Lynn, you don't need a counselor, you just need somebody that's older that will listen to you, because I was pouring into people all the time. Literally being able to go for 30 minutes once a week and just share what's going on and have somebody answer questions or just listen to you was yeah. really beautiful. And it taught me to be the same for others. And I love that you guys are doing that because um, you don't have to be struggling and going through, you know, no. feel like you're going through hell to go do this safe time, to go log on and visit with Josh and Nacy. You just may, maybe there's a lot of good things happening and you don't have anybody share it with, <laughs> you share it with them. I mean, I don't know. Like, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I just want to encourage you guys, if you're tuning in, I know the character of these two and absolutely love them. And I would not have them. I do not bring people on this podcast that I feel like um, would lead you someplace you didn't need to go because I really, really desire for you to be encouraged to be set apart. And clearly, Nacy and Josh, have, they know what it's like to be with God and to be, to be set away from God and then set apart with God. And my desire is for you guys to be encouraged to go check out safetime.live yes. and, and hear their stories and what they have going on. And guys, um, how else can people get a hold of you? Uh, we ha also have a website just called joshandnacy.com and it's, you know, it's one I designed myself, so it's nothing great, but it's got a few blog posts and uh, uh, some more description about what save time is. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. But then um, when we decided to like, hey, this is really going really well, we get a lot of, uh, we personally just get a lot of fruit from it. Just like doing ministry together is a great mar marriage, like builder. It's a very unifying thing. And there's just not a lot of, I, we also think that's a very unique opportunity. So yeah. um, Josh and .com, but you know, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. On, and when you guys, you can go to my Instagram and I will have tagged both of them in the post for this episode. So you can check them out that way. Um, okay. 
can we close it out? Do you have a declaration? Do you have an encouraging word, a prophetic word, or do you just want to pray over the people before we peace out? Yeah, I think um, I, I do want to just encourage, just like you said that you learned how to do that with other people to be a safe place for them. Like we, not everything needs to come through us. So I just want to encourage also like if just if you share and open up with anyone, the, the risk, it's risky, but the risk with the right person is worth it on the other side. Wow. Uh, and I think a lot of times we can feel like we're free until we are free. You, you don't really know maybe what, yeah, is that really holding me back or is that really weighing me down? Well, if you're asking it, there's a good chance it might be. And so like, it's worth it to, to let those things out. I think it's worth the risk. And also it's just worth the risk to be that kind of person for someone else. And so just encouraging people also, like you don't have to have any answers for anyone. We rely completely on the Holy Spirit to do all the counseling you know, we, we ask questions and we're like, Hey, tell us more about that and all this stuff. And we like, we have ideas, we share them sometimes, but we're very much thank you, Jesus reliant on the Holy spirit. Like, so I want to encourage other people, like you can be that listening ear for someone, you know, you can give it to the Lord. He want. I think we're like just supposed to create the space. Yeah. And then he does the healing. He does the counseling. Yeah. And, and so, um, but yeah, I would love to pray for your I think what was on my heart earlier Jamie Lynn was we got to share a story at Upper Room Denver and we it was the first time we had done it live and specifically about the abortion but we we think that's such a a women affected thing and I didn't I I think I probably even discounted how much it affects men and it's just not talked about probably as much but I got I think I prayed for two or three guys after church that Sunday that were full of regret and shame and fear that they had been a part of an abortion. And so um, they were believing lies that they like, whenever he does get married, he's not gonna be able to have any kids and like, you know, all these things. So the enemy is not, so it's not, there's two sides to it. There's a lot of men that have been involved in that decision, if that makes sense. And so I think, I don't know if it's okay. I'd like to just pray for that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Please. And just courage in general. So cool. We ready? Yeah. All right. Father, thank you so much for um, this opportunity to share. And we just pray that you use this, this time and the testimony and the fact that you walked with Nacy and I, you never left us. Even when we were running away that, that you were pursuing us the whole time and we thank you for, for that reality and that fact. And I thank you that you, you, no, you, you never stop. You never stop coming. You never stop chasing. You never stop running after us. And, and I thank you that, that you've changed our lives forever. And these, we just give you the glory. The reason we share this, Father, is for, to give you the glory, but also to give other people courage to, get, to face the hard things along with you. And we, I just pray for anyone that might be listening tonight that, that has been through an abortion, whether a man or a woman, that that maybe they, they've never told anyone and they just want it to go away just like I did and, and they can't believe they that they did that. But uh, Father, if, if, if you want them to share that with someone, if, whether it's Nacy and I or anyone else, I just pray that you just stir that up in their heart, but not with guilt like you don't do or with shame or condemnation, but 
anything that we've shared today that you would stir up um, inside people's lives and hearts the need to get this out because you're going to heal them and yeah. give them freedom and ultimately let them overcome and share this as a testimony of your goodness. Yeah. Thank you that you're not about shame. And I thank you that you're not about condemnation. It's yeah. only the light of your uh, mercy and grace that we're able to talk about these things because uh, we are new creations. We are new people. And uh, we just thank you for this opportunity and this ministry. And so I just pray for courage for anyone listening, courage to get this out of the dark and into the light where really true freedom and, and uh, joy can be found in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Guys, you're so amazing. And I, I love this. I feel like there's so much more that could have been shared that we were fitting in a concentrated amount of time, but guys go to savetime.live, go to joshandnacy.com and Nacy spelled with an I, you can see it on the post that I made. And I really, I really desire for you guys to reach out and connect more with these two. And I'm sure I'll have you guys on in the future. I know that Nacy and Courtney are going to come on and talk about a book that they're releasing that I have the honor of illustrating part two of. It's so much fun, such an honor and so exciting. So um, if you find value in these recordings, in this podcast, please go online and subscribe, write a written review and rate it. And remember that you are holy, you are wonderful, you are valued, your life is important, and you are called to be set apart with God. If you need prayer, you message me, and I do not just say that, and I will pray for you and make powerful declarations over you, because I believe in who you are and who God has called you to be. So may you go no matter what, just like this interview today, no matter what's happened in your life, God can do all things good. He can restore everything and anything. And Nacy and Josh are set apart and holy working for the Lord, regardless of their history. He's all about the now and their future. So guys, we love you. And thank you, Nacy and Josh. Love you guys. Thank you, thank you for having us.